Hi there. I'm Peter, and this is Lois. We want to talk to you about a friend of ours. He's not here tonight. Although, you know, he's kind of here, Lois. You know, you're right. He kind of is. Yeah, because he's in our hearts. Uh, this is a song about that man and his world that was taken from him. this have happened? How? In God's eyes, everybody's hot. This world has beauty all through her. Welcome once again to the Simply Podcast. I am your host, Gary Hill, one of your hosts. <laughs> I have a gaggle of hosts tonight. It makes me happy to no end. But the first is uh, my main lady, my partner in crime, one of them, but a really good one, Miss Jamie Jenkins. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm doing great as well. I'm glad you're doing fine as well. And uh, making his illustrious return, this makes my turquoise cock ring glee with excitement and all this shit, you know, because what we're talking about tonight is kind of funny. Uh, I made a badger. Turquoise in color turquoise, or turquoise, turquoise in jewelry stone. as in stone, you know, for, for tonight. Just, just oh, for tonight's show, I'm feeling very festive. Yeah, that's, 
That's fancy. That's very fancy, yes. Oh, this is Jeffrey X. Martin. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for keeping my seat warm. <laughs> for sure. I don't want to know how you did it, but I appreciate it. I hired a group of homeless people. That's awesome. I'm not going to tell you what those homeless people were doing, but I think the soup kitchen was involved, you know? <laughs> not the place, the sexual act, you know? Oh, even better. Well, no, that's 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 fine. <laughs> Everyone should have a good time. And That's no, why I'm... I hate warm seats. That... <laughs> No, but I'm really, really happy and excited to be back. Thank you. I'm glad to have you back, sir. Me too, even though this is the first time. It is. Um, I knew about it, so <laughs> so I knew about it before. And I have worked with you before. That's true. Uh, should, should, we fight? should we fight for territory? Maybe I can pee on this seat, and then you can never have it. Well, I'm, 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 I'm the ugly one. You know, so I, you know what? It, if you're going to fight, if we're going to fight, then you know you're going to win because I have already explained to you exactly how lazy I am. <laughs> no. I would rather watch another movie than get one off the shelf. So I'm I, not going to fight. Yeah, I'm not going to fight either. That's cool. <laughs> well, if this, if this is a trio in a rush, and I'm I'm the ugly one, so I'm Getty Lee, I guess. You guys get the fight who gets to be Neil Peart, I guess, you know, because that's, that's the guy behind the drums, you know? Uh, I got flabby arms. I'm not doing oh. that shit. Wins by default. <laughs> give, me, give me the big Alex Lifeson suit jacket. I'm fine. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't care who I am. We have a huge catalog. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that is. <laughs> We've been doing this for over 40 years. Oh, my God. So, X, tell the folks where you've been and what you've been doing, man. I have been working on uh, my first feature-length novel, which will be coming out the first quarter of next year. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I'm still in the final edit of it, which makes me crazy, but that's really been a huge, just majority of what I've been doing. I just working on a book. So congratulations. Thank yes, you. Congratulations. Ah, I hope Yeah, we'll start with, uh, we'll not start with, we'll continue on with what you've been watching, Jamie. Uh, we'll start with you. What you've been watching? Uh, well, just today I went to go see the new Michael Doherty film Krampus. And uh, I am pleased to report that he now owns both Halloween and Christmas for me, or at least, <laughs> or at least has a portion of them. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I loved it. I really did. Uh, it's very different from Trick or Treat in that you know, one, it's not an anthology, um, but uh, it's still he did a wonderful job, I think, of capturing the essence of the season and. And family and, and all the things that uh, go along with holidays. And, you know, you, you kind of feel like he gets it, you know, which is exactly what I felt, you know, watching or every time I watch Trick or Treat, I feel like he understands Halloween. And that's what made that movie so special to me. And, of course, we were all upset that Trick or Treat did not get a theatrical release and everyone who loves that film feels like it should have. And so now he has one here with... Krampus. So I am doing my damnedest to try to get people to go see this movie in the theater to show them, you know, to show him exactly how much we do appreciate the amount of effort he puts into a film. Um, uh, uh, the cast was was fantastic. I, I just I really liked it. There were a lot of really cool elements to it. It started out one way, kind of a little more comedic and with some family stuff going on. To where, like, a horror fan might think they wandered into the wrong film. 
like maybe they'd like, uh oh, am I watching Home for the Holidays or something? And uh, then just, you know, then it hits and it just starts going. And I think there were some scenes that were genuinely kind of scary. I was scooching a little closer to Brian at some time. So, and the sound design is amazing. Like it, it's really, really good. So that's another reason that I endorse watching this film in the theater. The, the uh, sound is excellent. So I mean, it looks good. I love the story. I really like the characters. And that's something that I run into a lot these days where you're watching a film and none of the characters seem to have any redeeming value. And so you don't really care what happens to them. You know, I like the characters in this film. And, uh, you know, just it's solid. So I liked it. Great. I'm glad. I'm glad you <laughs> enjoyed it. <laughs> She's like, I'm waiting for comments. I'm waiting for comments. I'm waiting for comments. No, I didn't see the movie. I have no comment. <laughs> no comment. Uh, other than that. Um... But it looks very good. I, I'm excited to see it. Yes, indeed. It is good. And other than that, what have I? Oh, uh, just watched Burying the X and. Uh, rewatched Creep for uh, the new Devourer that came out, and then doing a Bondathon. Still in the midst of that. Uh, that takes a while, you know. There are a lot of them, and uh, a lot of our time lately has been taken up by Fallout Four. So I understand. <laughs> uh, like right now, that that is going on in the background while I'm doing this show. That's what Brian's doing now. Is he is logging more hours into Fallout mm. Four? So. Um, I guess that's pretty much uh, roughly okay, it. Okay, great. Uh, X? You know, <sighs> I watch a lot of horror, and it is my favorite genre, but I saw a couple movies that just kind of kind of turned my stomach a little bit, and I realized I had to take a break from it. So, start confession, I have spent the last probably month, month and a half, watching a lot of cooking oh, shows. Yeah. So, I don't know if that, like, you know... Do I lose street cred for that? I have no idea. Uh-huh. But, I was, I was no, I like cooking shows, too. I mean, oh, my ex- God. The Great British Bake Off is the best show in the world. <laughs> Holy balls. So great. I haven't so- watched that, but we do DVR, um, like, all kinds of competition cooking shows, which I love those. And I don't know what it is. It's something about competition that just makes it um, – thrilling even if like and brian watches them and like he watched them before i even got here so and he doesn't give a shit about cooking but but uh master chef he already had on the dvr when i moved in and i'm like oh sweet <laughs> you've got to watch there's one season of the great british they call it the great british baking show here in the states i guess there's some kind of copyright thing but you need to watch that show just that one season that's on because it is the polite politest cooking competition i've ever seen everyone is just really sweet and prim and all the competitors like help each other and cheer each other on and it's weird (laughs) because you don't get that in the states in the states it's like um i accidentally stabbed uh the other guy in the back with my knife and he had to leave the show i win um nothing like that here it's insane so it's just like Ah, oh, I can't even. It's, it's, it's like if the Teletubbies were real and could cook. <laughs> Everything is just so nice and shiny, and I love it, and I want more of that in my life. So, anyway, wow. Hi. Christmas is a hard season for me. <laughs> How about you, Gary? Oh. 
I watched a lot because I get bored easily. Um, this is the last time we pretty much recorded. I, I ran through all the Rockies super fast to go catch Creed. And I haven't watched Creed yet, uh, ironically. I haven't went and seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to that. I, I need to sell you guys on Rocky. I, I love it. You, you love it, I'm sure. I did recently watch Rocky Four just because. See, I think Rocky Two is the best one, in my opinion. I have a special place in my heart for Rocky Three. But um, that was the first one I saw in the theater, and I, I, I remember this vividly. I got into a practically like a knockdown dragout argument with my family because everyone wanted to go see Rocky Three, and I wanted to go see Conan mm-hmm. the Barbarian, and it was just like no, I mean we were just fighting, and of course I lost. I can't say I can't say and, you were <laughs> wrong or right about that because I love both of those things. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but but then I ended up loving Rocky Three, and I was really excited that I went to see it. So you know now it just kind of holds a special place for me. But I absolutely love Rocky Four. I do. I mean, I know it's montage the mm-hmm. movie, um, but those are some great yes, montages. They are. You know, <laughs> and it's got a great soundtrack. See, I've always heard the argument of what what's more devastating, Mickey dying in Part Three or Apollo dying in Part Four. I think that it's Mickey because I don't get the same man feelings when I see Apollo go down in the ring as when Rocky's above Mickey just talking to him and all beat up. And, you know, I'm just it's like the, the Cat, Stevens, Cat Stevens song, Father and Son. I had to stop a podcast once. I was like, I need a minute. You know, it's just because I heard Father and Son. And it, it does strange things. It gives you weird feelings. And I get man emotions when Mickey dies, and Rocky's like, "We we got more to do, Mick." Like, I I can't take it, man. It just, I can't take it. it. It gets me every time, you know. It gets me too. Don't feel bad. <laughs> oh, don't don't. You're a bum. Let me start our Rocky Rocky Balboa. Okay, all that all that stuff down in the basement and stuff like that. Okay, just no, can't do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, no more more serious though. I needed my uh, my Annie Potts fix, so I watched uh, Pretty in Pink. But you don't think it'd be something that I'd look for in a movie like that, but Annie Potts is my candy, especially in that movie. She even gives you the, the, the what do you want, because this is Trax, what do you want? Trax is the record store she, she owns and works at. Yeah, I love her character. <laughs> well, she puts on the, and she's got such great She puts style, on that prom too. dress, man. It's like mm-hmm. half-masked all the way. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm only yeah, a man. Beehive. No, when, when Annie Potts was on the prom dress. I'm, I'm not attracted to Molly Ringwald. It never was, but you know. No, I know. And on and Annie Potts, when she puts on the prom dress, she does her hair up in the beehive, and she's dancing around. Does it for me every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get past that though. If you want to hear about that, look at our guilty pleasures episode with the banana, banana laser boys, and they're all my my obsession with pretty in pink. It's it's all it's all in there. Uh, uh, Murder in the First is a good movie I watched. Um, a lot of these are revisits I watched in so long. Uh, best performances you're ever going to get out of Kevin Bacon and Christian Slater, I think, because they're just fabulous in that movie and in the acting and the dramatics and stuff. Uh, the South Park movie, it's been so long, I watched that again. It's uh, <laughs> still pretty hilarious since I saw it in theaters all the time ago. Um, just look up this list here. I watched the animated Hobbit movie because that was on there, and, you know, that's been a long time. Rankin, Rankin Bass can do it in, in 76 minutes what Peter Jackson did in 10 hours. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and it does it for me. And I watched uh, one half of what I call my adolescent depression du- duology in Bad Boys with Sean Penn. Love that movie. The, the other half is Over the Edge, if you guys want to know. Love that movie. Uh, I don't need to sell you guys on that one. That, that's that's a good movie, and you guys all need to see that one. 
uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two: Back to Sly. Uh, that's that's the good blow in that movie there. Um, Gone Baby Gone followed up with The Departed. See, I don't sleep during the day, people, so I just watch movies and work. So, those are two very Boston-esque movies that I watched, you know. And uh, I think the final one that I will talk about is I finally got to sit down and watch Cooties, which was amazing. <laughs> and it gave me this. Oh, that I like. Oh, that a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Just when little kids are going fucking crazy eating people, it just makes me happy. And you know, and they eat a baby in that movie. It didn't show it or anything, but you you imagine that he's eating the baby in that back seat. That, that's pretty ballsy. See, I won't watch Cooties until Cootie is home. I need to watch Cooties with Cootie, or else it just doesn't seem right. Okay. Oh, watching Cooties inspired me to make a film. Just think of Heavyweights meets The Hills Have Eyes, and call it Fat Chance, okay? Can- cannibals <laughs> made <a> Fat Camp. <laughs> what? <laughs> it can work, seriously, you know? Oh, boy. It's be damned. It- it'll work. Somebody needs to write that movie because I'm terrible at writing. <laughs> I don't know. You nailed the title. Oh, there you go. It's not that hard. It just it just comes to me, you know. <laughs> but that's pretty much all I watched. There's other stuff too, but it's, it's it's too much to too much to muster around. Um, we'll move right on now to our beefs of the week. Jamie, last time you uh, gave us the dish, literally, on the, the restaurant biz. What's your, your, your beef for this week, girl? You know, I, um, I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. I'm in a pretty good mood uh, right now, and maybe it's the holidays. I don't know. Oh, well, there is one thing that I forgot since then. Um, I actually got a remark written on, my, on a receipt. You know, uh, in the tip spot. You know how I was talking the last time about how that guy wrote uh, a tip like, you know, uh, waited however long, like waited too long for food or whatever when he didn't tip that woman. And that whole thing went viral. Yes. Um, <laughs> a few weeks ago, uh, I had a customer come in and, you know, everything was fine. Great service. We got along great. There were no complaints. Only when apparently when they went up to pay. They presented a coupon, but it was a coupon for a different restaurant. Uh, same, the same name, like the same, or a, it's a franchise. So, and you know how some coupons are only good for certain locations, like you know, the the locations owned by the people who own that particular mm-hmm. group. Uh, and it clearly says it across the top what the locations were, not ours. Uh, but and so my manager told him she's like, oh. Um, She's like, I'm really sorry, but this coupon is not for us. And then she pointed out to him how it was for the different locations. And she's like, we're a franchise. This is a different group. You know, this is, we cannot honor it. And then, so he wrote on my tip space, tip. And he actually wrote the word tip, (laughs) tip, colon, honor your coupons. I'm like, okay, asshole. (laughs) I understand that you might be mad that you didn't get to use the coupon here. That clearly, if you'd been, if you had read it yourself in big, bold letters, you would have seen that it didn't come here. It didn't belong to us anyway, but okay. How is that my fault? How is any of that my fault? And what does that have to do with the service that you received? I was pissed and I was like, let me just wait. I hope he comes back in here. (laughs) And I wish I'd known about it before we walked out the door. 
I don't know. I wouldn't have done anything, but I mean, <laughs> just I might have given him a stern look. You're gonna pull a Justin Long and waiting. You, <laughs> oh God, I want to do that. You so need this bad. more than I do, sir. <laughs> I want to do that so bad. And I was like, you know, I get that you have a beef with the restaurant, but how is that the server's fault? How? Clearly, it's, it's not. Clearly, it's that's all the your answer. Fault. It's not. Mind. Clearly. Yeah, and you know, it's just the insensitivity of people blows my mind. But um, apart from that, um, things are going pretty well. I don't have really anything to beef about. Eh, great. Uh, X? You know, I don't either. I've spent the last few weeks trying to find my, my, my center and my zen just by, you know, watching cooking shows. Um, I guess if I do have a beef, it kind of goes along with Jamie's. And that's just that, you know, people are assholes. And it seems just to be getting worse and worse and worse to the point where I just I don't want to talk to anybody and I don't want to be on social media because everybody's just fucking throwing darts at each other and I'm not for that. <laughs> it's true. I'm just I mean, really, it just seems to be ramping up towards the end of the year and I just uh I don't want that. Are there nice people? I want to talk to nice people. You can't and, even have you can't even have the holiday season without people getting their panties in a wad over someone saying happy holidays or season greetings, which, by the way, I, I guess that's <laughs> one thing I can read is this is not a new thing. OK, I, when I was a kid, like and, and decades before that, people were saying happy holidays, seasons, greetings, whatever. Um, it wasn't strictly Merry Christmas. You know, this is not like these are new words that were invented just to piss you off. Um, and I, I always, when I was a kid, it was always assumed that it was in, all encompassing of, you know, the of Christmas and the New Year. You know, those are two holidays. Have happy holidays, multiple. Oh. But even even without all of that, can't you just be happy that someone had the, you know, threw something nice at you rather than, you know, an elbow? Right. Didn't tell you to piss off. And let's not forget Hanukkah while we're at it. That's, you know, there's there's more than one holiday during Absolutely. December. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there is nothing wrong with being sensitive to that fact, you know, or being all inclusive with other people. I mean, yeah, if you don't like it, fuck you. There you go. <laughs> that, yeah. That's my holiday yeah. greeting to you. There, fuck there off. you go. There's two things I don't do anymore. And I'll tell you those two things. One thing is saying happy holidays to somebody because I had an experience with a a southern gentleman, not a gentleman. I'll say a southern gentleman because he had a really thick drawl when I when I when he responded, and he we were coming out of I think it'd be a Walmart or a Target. He must have been like on vacation in fucking Illinois land or some shit like that, or fuck those hillbillies call that shit. And I I told the guy out of the blue, you know, Happy Holidays. He said Merry Christmas, sir, like really loud. And I said Okay, Happy Holidays. And I said Merry Christmas, sir. And I was like Okay, I'm just gonna walk away from that and. I talk to strangers about happy holidays anymore because uh, I'm like get kicked by the fucking Bubba the Bionic werewolf or some shit like that, you know, and just get the fuck out of my face with that shit. You know what? I'm going to say it anyway. If they don't like it, they can stick it. I don't care. <laughs> well, I'm going to start bitching online about the war on Saturnalia and see how many people I can piss off with that. <laughs> and I don't hold the door for you. You motherfuckers appropriated all of our shit. You took all our shit. That made it your holiday. It fucked. <laughs> and I don't hold the door for just anybody anymore because I I hate that glare that you get from people. Like you're just like as soon as they get to the door when you're holding the door for a long time, you're just going to slam it in their face. And then they put their hand in the door all abruptly, you know. 
It's like if I didn't if I didn't want you to come in the door, I wouldn't have held the door for your fucking ass, okay? That's that's what the gentleman does. So you know, usually it's just in now I don't do it so much anymore because people are, you know. Yeah, but don't let them turn. Oh, don't don't let those people make you less of a gentleman. I'm, I'm, and I'm a still a gentleman, but lovable, I've seen some big teddy bear that I've you are. Some... You are an amazing person, and you hang on to that because we need that. We need more of that. I... And then you know, just turn around and punch <laughs> him in the face if that makes you feel better. <laughs> that's... See, that's the thing, Jamie. Some of these folks are not worth jail time. <laughs> I've gotten in my old age. I've gotten to where I just don't hold my tongue. And I had the, uh, when I was a couple of years ago, when I was working at the university, there was this kid who was walking through a glass door and I was right behind him. I mean, right behind him. And he just let the door fly and it smacked Ooh. me. And, and I was like, thanks a lot, douche. <laughs> and he turns around like, what? And I'm like, be aware there are people around you, you know, and he was just like, oh, sorry, and then just walked off. And I'm like, yeah, well, maybe you'll think next time before you do it again. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I feel like Sophia sometimes from oh, the Golden God. Girls. I'm not that old, so I can't I haven't really earned the right to speak my mind and I haven't had a stroke either. But um, so I just it's so liberating sometimes just to let it fly, because why am I the bad person? you know, for calling people out for being assholes. They're the asshole, you know, and they were an asshole first. So my calling them out doesn't make me the asshole. That's what I say anyway. Although people like to look at you funny, like if you if you have the nerve to bring up someone else's assholishness, it's like, oh my God, what did you just say? <laughs> like I was calling out their assholishness. That's what See, I was The problem doing. is I call their assholishness and you, you want to throw a punch. It'd be like the, that potato chip slogan, you can't have just one. I can't hit him just once. you got to hit him repeatedly to, to really sink it in, you know. But You'd be pummeling him into the dirt. you got to fight these urges, you know. It'd, it'd be like uh, like, like uh, Bruce Willis beating the fuck out of Bing Rames in, in Pulp Fiction. That's Pratt fucking with you. Just his head bouncing off the ground, you know. And, you know, I can't, I can't do it, man. I can't, I got, I got to fight these urges to want to hit people, you know. But that's, that's what the heavy bag is for, people. If you get mad, you want to hit something, go go to the sports goodie store. Go 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 get yourself a heavy bag and just beat the fuck out of it. You know. <laughs> How about those people that walk down the middle of the parking lot aisle? What the fuck is that about? I, I try <laughs> to stay to the cars. right. Come on now, but you know. <laughs> they can't the find. Side. It's because yeah. they forgot where they parked. This. Yeah, <laughs> not my problem. But it's like, <laughs> not only are they walking down the middle, but they're walking at it, like walking leisurely, having a conversation. Like, you know, it doesn't matter when or if they get into the store. They're just enjoying a stroll. Jamie, if you ever see but, me yeah. at a Michigan Target and I'm walking down the middle of the aisle, just pointing my fingers back and forth, I'm just looking for the car, babe. Okay, you ain't got to run me over your car. <laughs> <laughs> she feels so bad afterwards, too. <laughs> oh, God. oh, you talk about the Golden Girls, you know. What's the deal with the Golden Girls sometimes? This isn't a beef, but it's more of an observation. How come Blanche was a foxy one, but Dorothy was clearly, clearly getting more ass than anybody else on that show? <laughs> I, I make these weird observations. I, I've, I've had drunken diatribes about the, the social politics of the Muppet Babies before, so that that, that, that was the thing, but it, it's... <laughs> Oh my God! Sophie, tell it. She's constantly making fun of Dorothy for never having a man. Mm. Uh, I love she that had show. Men. <laughs> so, speaking of which, I, 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 Rose got a lot of play too, though. I mean, these women 
were very, of course, like, you know, they live in Florida. I guess that's where all the action is. <laughs> is it? I mean, if you're old. <laughs> My dad lives in Florida. Maybe he's getting a lot of action. Well, rock on, Pop. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Martin's probably a rug burn by now, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, just burning it up. Well, <clears throat> whatever I works. Had a who used to I'd work like to not a... think about that, but thanks. <laughs> I used to friend who I had a friend who worked uh, overnight doing laundry at a nursing home, and he was constantly having to break up fights. Um, there was this one older, uh, this one elderly woman who just about every night you'd, he, they would find her wheeling herself down the nice. hall and she had one night she had her bedroom slipper in her hand and she's wheeling herself down the hall and he's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to go kick so-and-so's ass. Uh, cause basically she took her nice. boyfriend and she's like, I'm going to go kick her ass <laughs> like, as soon as I get down there. <laughs> pull out them dentures and then the magic happens, you know? They are feisty. Seriously, dude, just drive me into the sea. <laughs> I'm not putting up with that shit when I'm old. Just, yeah, just drive me into the you ocean. Know, you never want fine. the joy of what they call a velveteen rub? Whoa. <laughs> what it, I don't like the sound of that. Does it involve a yeah, rabbit? No, it involves uh, what, 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 uh, the, the, a false teeth being removed and uh, going yeah. for it. What I'm picturing right now oh. is Mrs. Ganush from uh, oh, God. when she takes uh. her teeth out. <laughs> uh, see, I always just thought that was just called a gum job. I didn't realize there see, was... See, you can think about that. Then I can think about Kari Wurr and Thinner and just get real happy again. See, you know, not getting your face burned off with acid. <laughs> Who pulls acid fake, Montana? You're better than that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Oh boy, this conversation's derailed. It has derailed. That, that's okay. This this is good banter, and <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm proud. This 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 you, you guys expect. Uh, well, if we're having a good week, you know, every week on this show, it's, this is good this TV. Is good, it's good, good TV, kids. <laughs> yeah, so we're beefing about uh, slimy gum jobs. I guess that's what. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Oh, I just came up with a better name for it. What'd you call it? The Velveteen Rub. I want to call it the. I want to call that the Gumball Rally. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a uh, there. That's bad, dude. That's all I'm saying. I have con- I have contributed to the vernacular. You have ruined that movie for me. I enjoy that movie. Of our society, <laughs> you have ruined that movie. I'm uh, sorry. I could have done a lot worse. I could have said it a few weeks and then look it up on Urban Dictionary and see if anyone's picked up on it. See if it's there. Yeah, I think I'm going to that. Or should we call it the Cannonball Run Two? Would that uh, be better? Because that would involve Jackie Chan. Somehow. Yeah, somehow. There you go. <laughs> I don't even know if that helps. I listen to a podcast. That sounds like a bathroom issue. I listen to a podcast once where they mentioned a, uh, an Alabama Hot Pocket. And uh, I'm not going to mention what that is here. You look that up for yourselves, children. But uh, it's pretty disgusting. It's all I'm saying. And it's, it's, it's a sexual thing that's pretty gross. And I'm not going to go there. But I just... Does it involve Oh, Evan? So does it involve chitlins? So. Okay. Maybe what happens after you eat chitlins, if I remember correctly. Okay. Oh, Alabama. <laughs> I ain't that far south. Oh, huh? no. <laughs> no pig intestines for, either, for me either. I'm sorry. Maybe somebody did, who did, didn't tell me what they, what they were, I would, I'd eat them then, but, you know, not knowing what they are. I was like, whatever, they son of a bad. bitch. Whoever decided that organ meats should be called sweetbreads needs to be kicked in the fucking head, because that's <laughs> a lie. That is not sweet, nor is it bread. <laughs> that's a lie to the full kids that eat the motherfuckers, I guess. Here, kids. 
Yeah, and I don't really see why it's necessary when people voluntarily eat something called souse meat. Um, so why would you need to lie? Oh, elaborate. I, I gotta know. What the fuck is souse meat now? Or uh, it's basically um, uh, it's just a mixture of all the leftover crap, and you can see all the little pe- and formed into a loaf and sliced. So it's like luncheon meat, only... It's it's gross. I mean, my dad used to eat it all the time. I don't know. I don't know how. It's kind of like head cheese, I guess. So it's kind of. Which oh, there's another one. People people eat head cheese on purpose. My kid used to play this old video game for the original Xbox. Uh, it was called Whacked. It was like a game show. Um, game. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds awkward. But it had a commercial for Scrapple. Oh, that's a real thing. And. I know, but there was a great song. It was grind up a pig, put him in a can, scrapple. And it was just like the most horrible thing you could imagine. But we we, we still sing that. <laughs> grind up a pig, put him in a can, scrapple. When I hear the word scrapple, and I've heard of this before, before I saw this movie, but I think about Tracy Ullman in A Dirty Shame making scrapple for the family, then fucking getting all disgusting sexually in that movie. <laughs> if you ever see that before, that's pretty funny, that damn Dirty Shame movie. Just think, just think of the filthy hokey pokey of that movie, and uh, it'll give you good feelings, you know. <laughs> That's the thing of that movie. God bless you, John Waters. That's all I'm saying for making my mind uh, gross and uh, making me think about all new things, like what a blossom is, and that that's a uh, that's disgusting. And uh, fucking John Waters, crazy motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. But uh, yeah, tonight after after all that that banter, which is all good banter. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, we decided to do films featuring non-American Indian actors playing American Indian people in movies. So uh, first up, which uh, truth be told, I think is the best one in this whole group, is uh, Navajo Joe featuring the bandit, the ma- the one you love, Mr. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> oh my god. But uh, we'll get to that right after the trailer. Now, 
Navajo Joe from 1966, starring the great Burt Reynolds as your title character, your titular character, Navajo Joe. Uh, the plot synopsis is this, an Indian warrior named Navajo Joe seeks revenge on a gang of sadistic outlaws who massacred the people of his tribe. Terribly, too. Holy shit in this movie. Um, yeah, the first thing I've seen in this movie is, uh, of course, a great score by Ennio Morricone, which surprised the hell out of me. And Dino, uh, Dino well, De Laurentiis uh, turned me on, too, you know. Yeah, people who have listened to my Morricone episode of, of Insomniac's playlist... I uh, would have recognized this because I played this song. Nice. Was it the Was it the Navajo so, Joe song they played constantly throughout? It was. Yeah, it was. It was. Which reminded me of because you know because, <laughs> I like I was watching Mothra one day. Kind of reminded me of, like you know the the two little two little midgets singing you know, like Navajo mm-hmm. Navajo Joe shit like that. You know, it kind of reminded me like like yeah, that's when you knew he was coming, much like Mothra with those two little midget girls. I'm sorry, it sounds like 12 people and they're all having a surprise colonoscopy while they're hunting for infidels. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's kind of racist, too. <laughs> I mean, 1966, you know, it was no good thing, I guess. It, but um, now looking back, it's just like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, Burt Reynolds, your titular character of Navajo Joe is... Uh, he, he looks like he has a lot of self-tanning on and a lot of product in his hair, which may, which turns him miraculously into an Indian, American Indian. And, uh, that he, he, and a terrible haircut. Yes, a terrible haircut, I, I don't yes. know what's up with that haircut. Must have got it from his, uh, the, the, the chief or some shit like that with, with, with his tomahawk, and it sounds very racist, you know, but it's very choppy. <laughs> you know, it's very, very choppy. Not as handsome as somebody else that we're talking about another film, but, uh, yeah, basically... <laughs> Chief Standing Sassoon gave him that haircut. Chief Zohan. (laughs) Paul Paul Mitchell. Oh, I love you. Don't mess with the Zohan. That's an unrelated subject, though, but that's a better Adam Sandler film, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, the film starts pretty grim. It it starts out with a a band of outlaws who are just massacring the Navajo and scalping them right on screen in the first five minutes, and that makes it the the Morricone score kind of... Kind of gets you in and right away, which makes me happy in a film like this because it seems like it's gonna take a while for me to get into a film like this. But with that opening scene, it uh, it really did it for me, and uh, it was a good setup for what you what you got later on. Um, I'll start with uh, X, I guess. X, what do you think about the film, sir? I, I don't hate it. I don't like it. <clears throat> there are, there are aspects of it that I thought were pretty cool. I'm always a sucker for movies where. Um, somehow the bad guys have managed to isolate an entire town. I really like that as a concept. And in this movie, when the bad guys cut the telegraph wires and there's no way for them to you know, contact the law, then they have to rely on Navajo, Navajo Joe, I can't even say it, um, <clears throat> to protect them. So I like that. And I like the idea of there being a traitor in the midst among among the townspeople. So those, so there were some plot aspects of it that I thought were a lot of fun. Um, I, I feel bad for Bert in this movie. It's, it's not really his best performance. He kind of barks all the way through it. Like, you know, just four words at a time. And that weird approximation of what native Americans sound like. I want this. And, like we talked about, I don't know what kind of special magic. <laughs> I don't know what they did to his hair. He looks like 
He looks like one of those giant Barbie heads that you like may put makeup on. And yes. Yeah, he's like the Navajo Joe snarl and curl. And that's bothersome <laughs> to me. <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, you can't see his cheekbones. I just they just make up amount. So uh, like I said, I like it. I think it gets kind of predictable towards the end. I enjoyed how violent it is. It's surprisingly violent, sort of violent. There's not really any bloodshed, but there's like a gigantic body count. <laughs> there's that one scene where the bad guys some are vicious stuff too. You know? Yeah. When the bad guys are robbing the train and they just keep riding around it, shooting inside the train until everyone is dead. Amazing. That's just vicious. But there's like one trickle of blood <laughs> during that entire scene. So that was weird to me. I think it kind of hamstrings itself at, at the end. Um, you know, like there's 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 a small twist at the end. And honestly, if, if you can't see that coming, you should not watch films. So anyway, that's what I thought. I, very, very, very mid range for me. JB. Well, I absolutely love spaghetti westerns and uh, I just westerns in general. I flat love westerns. And uh but anything with a Morricone score just automatically makes me happy. Um plus I mean you've got Burt Reynolds here <laughs> as a Native American, which is just always good for a chuckle. Best scene ever post shot tomahawk sling at the end uh where he uh, nails the bad guy. That is the best scene ever. I mean, he's just, there is no way in hell he could have hit him with that, but I don't even <laughs> care because it was badass. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, like X was saying that the body count is huge. And uh, like with the, the train robbery, when it's just all these, apart from having the $500,000 on the train, there are just all these innocents, just regular people and some immigrants that have just moved here. Yeah, welcome to America. Um, <laughs> we're going to slaughter you. Do we ever find out what happens to the baby? Mm, I don't think so. The baby is adopted by the family. I don't think from it's once ever... upon a, It's adopted from the family by Once Upon a Time in once the West. Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, so it grows Which up with is, red hair. Incidentally, <laughs> the woman who does the vocals in Navajo Joe also does the vocals for Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, this is true. And one of the assistant directors on this movie is Ruggiero Diodato, who... Later made a lot of cannibal movies. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, I, I love the beginning of this film. And I also agree as far as, uh, you know, when the bad guys are able to isolate an entire town. I really, I really like that. You know, it, um, it's not really as doable, say, today. Um, I think the la maybe the, one of the last successful uh, things I saw that in was like Tremors. You know, where they were yeah. able to completely cut off a town. Yeah, Tremors um, or Phantoms comes to mind, too. There you they go. They kind of did it in the year next um, with their, their cellular blocker, their little cheapo cellular blocker. Oh, well, that's true. But that's oh, not yeah. an entire town. Yeah. That was just one, one house. house. Yes, but, I mean, it's just, it's um, it's very difficult to do these days, you know. So it's kind of a, it's a premise that we don't get to see very often. And, I, I you know, I dig it. I do, however, think that I would have enjoyed the film a little bit more had it been just a straight-up revenge film and not had that whole convoluted town bit involved, you know, with the whole heist and the 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 guy being in on it. and the. I mean, I, I just felt like that was a little 
there was a whole lot going on. And I, I think I would have just enjoyed a film where he was going after these people for killing his family. And yeah, that was it. I mean, just some, some just a nice straight up bloody revenge film. I could have totally gotten behind that. Um, but, but that being said, I do, I do really like this film. It's just, it is hilarious. Um, watching, now, I can't even remember the last time I saw this. I did see this when I was young and none of this stuff stuck out to me like then, like it does now, like the, the fact that the natives, the native Americans are not, um, you know, the, um, I don't know, to know when I was watching it, uh, for this and the, um, Estella, says, you're a Navajo, aren't you? What's your name? And he's like, Joe. I really, really, really wanted to go roll credits. Uh, <laughs> so anybody, anybody who watches Cinema Sins will, uh, will appreciate that. But um, <laughs> I, I, there were things about it that I never noticed when I was younger that now I just, it kind of keeps me from taking it completely seriously. But uh, I still think it was enjoyable. And, you know, huge body count. If you like spaghetti westerns, this is right up there. Um, the, the score is great, even if it's totally racist. And uh, <laughs> you do have that awesome tomahawk shot at the end that I just can't get over. I love it so. Oh, wait. And then, of course, we have the horse going back to town uh, at the very end. And you've got Estella going, go, go back go to find him. Joel. Go find <laughs> Joel. <laughs> <laughs> And then of course just trots off to go find Joe, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> hey man, we 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 all watch Never Ending Story. We all know that a horse can go to its master whenever it pleases. Okay. <laughs> go find. Unless Joe. you have a, a magical swamp, that <laughs> if you get sad, you sink in it. That's all I'm saying, and you know, and then twelve and then twelve year old girls cry, and then you know that that's the thing in that movie. I love. It. I'm trying to figure out what is his accent because I mean she's supposed to be. Um, well, her mother was Native American and her father was, we don't know, but she's got this like Italian sort of accent. I mean, and, and we know clearly why, but I, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of it's Nova from Planet of the Apes. T- like the Taylor. <laughs> Go find Joe. So uh, yeah, that's great. It was a good time, though. I have to, I have to say, it was a good time. Oh yeah, for me, yeah, I, I love the idea of the the one man army, and, and even in this film in the day, in any genre, eighties action movie, I always enjoyed that that aspect of it. And uh, Burt Reynolds as Navajo Joe played it pretty well, especially when he was like in his element, like in the mountains, hunting these bad people and killing them with with way bigger than throwing knives. But in this movie. It's these movies, all these movies, pretty much. I think, except for with the exception of Billy Jack, uh, they have giant knives that can be used as, as throwing knives, you know. And uh, him being by himself and using his resources to kill these bad men to essentially be the good anti-hero and bring this money back to this town is uh is always cool to me. I, I enjoy scenes like that, and one that comes to mind is and a lot of folks who aren't big on Mel Gibson, but there's a scene of the Patriot where he just goes to town on the then them redcoats with with the with the two hatchets and <laughs> he's the ghost people, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it's it's hard to get away from the racism in this movie. But if you guys watch a documentary, I think it, it may still be running on Netflix called Real Engine. It describes this time in Hollywood where they had very white actors playing very in, um, American Indian characters. I think Cla- Claude uh, Atkins, who's a pretty common 
a Western Western actor. He worked in John Wayne a lot and a lot of other folks, and he played in Indian and lots of stuff too. And it's a he was Sheriff Lobo. I think so. Yeah. Yep. And that was a that that was a a prevalent time in Hollywood still today and a a little bit except they they have uh, more rights. I guess they have more litigious people doing stuff. They can't get away with so much now, I guess. And uh that's that's a good thing. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean it didn't it didn't only extend to uh, Native Americans either. I mean it was, you know, they did the same thing with Asians, you know, like um one of my favorite examples of that is Jennifer Jones playing a, a Chinese woman in Love is a Mini Splintered Thing. Oh like, yeah. Oh, no, okay. The, all the all the eyeliner in the world. The, the worst offense. <laughs> yeah. Which I think it was was it never which which James Bond was this where the the Asian fight James uh, Asian 007 yeah. to to fit in. <laughs> yeah, it was um that was like the the second one Something. I think was, or was it was or was that Doctor No? No, that wasn't Doctor No. It was um or was it? Like how do we do? We give him big we give him big bumps on his eyebrows and you know and. Oh, it was terrible. So, it was so look, terrible. Look, look, 007, you're Asian. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention the fact that he's like, you know, seven feet tall <laughs> and, and, and nothing about him looks Asian at all. Um, I think the worst, I think the worst offender what, for me was um, Peter Sellers. No, when Peter Sellers did that Charlie Chan movie back in the late seventies, Curse of the Dragon Woman or oh, Dragon yes. Queen. Why the hell would you make Peter? I, I just, oh, that was just terrible. Peter Sellers well, is an Asian guy. Well, of course, there's the uh, much-loved Mickey Rooney performance in Breakfast at Tiffany's where he plays Mr. Yunioshi, um, her uh, Japanese landlord. And, I mean, that is just a racist to a comedic level. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, why? Uh, why? Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I guess as far as, like, things like Love is a Mini Splendor thing, I mean, there, there weren't, it, it just, there were no big Asian stars um, at the time. And and so I kind of get that. I mean, we're talking about a Hollywood here. They, they need to make a dollar. So they're going to cast uh, who, who they can to bring in the money, but it just, it's so ludicrous. Like it's just, it, it's, it's looks ridiculous. And, and did people actually buy this, you know, or did they think it looked as ridiculous as I do now? You know? Well, it was 1955. I think we had probably killed most of the Asian actresses at that point in World War II. Oh, so they, 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 they did buy the. That's it. Yeah, that's a good point. They did buy the Puerto Rican John Leguizamo dating, uh, dating. Um, what's Romeo or Michelle in that Summer of Sam movie? I forget which one it was her name, but uh, me, 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 me yeah. Me, 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 oh, I was going to say Mina Savari, that's the wrong actress, but, uh, you know. It's Sorvino. Mira Sorvino. Sorvino. Mira yeah. Sorvino. Mira yeah. Sorvino. That would happen, that would yes. happen in 1970s New York, that's all I'm saying, not in that neighborhood. But um, that, <laughs> that's, that's another story. <laughs> uh, but as far as Davo Hojo, it, it had some great set pieces, uh, accented by a great soundtrack. Um, but like you guys said, there's a lot of silly stuff in there, like, like the, the the his his lady companion just talking like Nova from Planet of the Apes stuff like that and the the, the horse thing was hilarious I, I I love that the fact that he became like this this guy that was trying to protect his people and then he became like this guy to to protect this town of 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 a uh, bunch of white folks who really didn't give two shits about him well they do in a way but they kind of started that shit by scalping his people because they were sending these bad men after his tribe. 
they were supposed to be the bad people, but they just scalped everybody. And also they're like, ho, 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 hold up here for a second. Don't scalp those Navajos. Those Navajos are okay. These Navajos are bad. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But um, I remember a time when we when uh, we used to pay a dollar per scalp. <laughs> and I want my scalps, damn it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, the, the the gore from on, I, I guess on the scalps was pretty dead on. You know, but you didn't see that uh, the cutting of the scalps. It's not that kind of movie, but you you saw the pain, especially in the first scene of you know him taking that one down and just cutting it off. You knew what was happening, and and that was pretty. Uh, yeah, and then when he raises yeah. it, you you do get to see a, sort of a glimpse of the underside of it, which I I was kind of surprised by. I didn't expect to see that. And I mean, and it wasn't. They, and then they stick it on a spear. They stick it on a spear yeah. and just hold it on the horse. Hello. Yeah, and then they wave it around quite a bit. <laughs> Look what we've got. Yeah. <laughs> like a like a tassel from your graduation hat. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a quarter of scalp, but uh, twenty seven scalps. That equals to uh, and you know, it's like a real bad general <laughs> store joke there. You know, that gives you four bags of. Yeah, and see, when I was a kid, we used to get like a penny a pine cone <laughs> for cleaning up the yard. We got paid a penny for every pine cone we picked up when I was a kid, and I was just like, and to think as a hu- to think that a human being has been relegated to something that simplistic, is is a really horrifying. What, thought, what would you, you get for twenty seven scalps of about four bags of grain and three bags of sugar? <laughs> you can eat for the whole winter on that, children. Yes, you can. You know. Oh, but yeah, the, the, this film itself, it was a. Uh, I love more to say about the other films because I don't want to give too much of this away, but. There's a pretty sweet copy on YouTube you guys could watch. It's always fun to YouTube put stuff up and leaves it there. And uh, This is there in full, I'd say, in a good 720 print. You can see uh, Burt Reynolds looking all racist with his bronzer on and pro- product in his hair. Looking like he just came out of the salon. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it was a good time for me. But if I had to recommend a better movie than this movie, where Burt Reynolds plays a, well, he's half Yaki Indian in this movie. It's called The Hundred Rifles, starting him and the very voluptuous Raquel Welch, and that were he's providing guns to, to to the Yaki Indians, and it's a it's a pretty good movie. I I enjoyed watching that, and uh, but now Joe is a if you wanted to buy it, I think Kino Lorber put out and they're they're a great company put out this on on Blu-ray, so go uh, check it out if we didn't convince you enough to to to, to watch it, I guess. But uh, I'll start with X. What do you what do you got any ratings or uh, anything else to say about the film? I'd give it just a straight five. Okay. It's you know, <clears throat> it's not bad. It's not great. It's it's Midland to me. You can you can certainly you can certainly do better if you're looking for serious racism. Yeah, like the jazz singer. <laughs> not, not, not not the Neil Diamond, the Al Jolson one. I have no son. Oh, okay. No, don't bring that up, man. Ah, Lawrence ah, Olivier ah, performance in that movie. Sorry, sorry. I'm not. I'm not trying to bring up. The I'll, I'll start getting weepy, really like like the, like the end of that movie, you know. Oh, <laughs> Jamie, yes. Uh, I'll go a little bit higher than that. Um, hmm. I give it. Uh, I don't know. Seven spaghetti noodles <laughs> for the. <laughs> I know. I, yeah, I'll go. Uh, ooh. I'll go seven, and that—that is—that seems like a really strong. Uh, I, I, to me, that seems high, and it's coming out of my mouth. But um, I did—I did enjoy it. So, you know, all of its faults and blemishes, I, I still think it's fun. There are better westerns for yes. sure, and there are better spaghetti westerns for sure. Um, but 
um, you know, I still think uh, I still think it was a good time, and I got a, I got several chuckles out of it. You know, so that's something. Great. Unintentional one. Yeah, I'm sure. oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. Uh, me. Um, some pretty forgettable characters in this film, which kind of hurts my score. But I'm right there with with with, with like a six and a half to seven. I, I'd say it's it's definitely serviceable. Uh, like I said, you can watch it for free, so you got nothing to lose, basically. And uh, let us know what you think about it, basically. And if you, if you like it, you know, let us know. Uh, give us some responses or something like that on the Facebook page. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'm sorry, you've all overbid. <laughs> Call- <laughs> <laughs> Navajo Joe, Navajo Joe. <laughs> That'd be an epic, epic matchup, Matura and Nav- Navajo Joe. Oh my God! I'm, I'm, I'm all done. <laughs> Matara, Joe. You, 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 you need the little singers, man. You know, <laughs> one of which is dead now. God rest. You only have one singer. Oh no! I think I read that in some article a long time ago. But uh, yeah, with that, we're, we're going to move on to uh, our next feature, Billy Jack. Right after this. <laughs>
this right foot and I'm gonna whop you on that side of your face and you want to know something there's not a damn thing you're gonna be able to do about it really really it's funny isn't it how everybody in town's afraid of you but I guess it's a good thing they are because if they weren't, they'd hurt the school a lot more than they do now. What's going to happen tomorrow is going to happen, and all your worry in the world isn't going to change that. Believe me, I know. to the mountains so green. My religion, my nonviolence, the kids, it's all I have left now. Now, I think of the number of years she's going to have to carry in her memory the savagery of this idiotic moment of yours. I just go bitch. The red ones mean stop, right? Right. <laughs> Keeps you on your toes, eh? <laughs> Don't you think you better pull up to the intersection? <laughs> Just testing you. And you worked with King, didn't you? Yeah. Where is he? Dad. And where's Bob and Jack Kennedy? Dad. Not Dad, their brain's blown out. I don't care about all that. I just don't want you to go out and commit murder. Mr. Johnson, when's the last time you cut your hair? Oh. When's, when's the last time you brushed your teeth, sir? They'll kill you, Billy. An Indian isn't afraid to die. Don't ever expect the white man to understand that. Hey, Billy! You're not armed. No tricks. And I know that you're only doing it because of the love you have for the kids. And me. Billy Jack from 1971, I think it was, guys, right? Yeah. Uh, starred the late Tom Laughlin as the, your titular character of Billy Jack, who is a half Indian, half white, hapkido kicking motherfucker who hangs out with hippies and takes on the town's oppressors of these, these Indians and little black kids, little white kids who like to sing songs and do skits and shit and. And uh, that's basically what the, the plot of this film is. And I'll uh, go to Jamie. What do you think of Billy Jack? Uh, let me see. I'm not sure where to start. Uh, I like it. I, I like it for sure. Um, Billy Jack is, uh, he's a really good character. I love when he, um, 
he gets all flustered and and uh, he gets upset at the townspeople for being assholes. And he's he just does this amazing thing with his hand in his hair where he's just like, oh, why you got to go and make me do this? You know, <laughs> and I, I love him. I love how he strips to his bare feet so he can kick some ass. Um, you know, he's just I think he's a great character. Um, I I kind of feel like it's a little it runs a little long with the hippies. Um, we get a lot of a lot of uh, like improv and stage plays and um, uh, you know like they're just it's really long uh, bits where I almost feel like they just sort of said eh, do whatever you feel like and and we'll just catch it um, and it almost feels like at times I'm not really sure if they were a hundred percent sure where they were going with this at all times but you know I do think it's um, it's a beautiful film in that it really touches on racism in a way that uh, during this time period, you know, it, I like the fact that it highlights the fact that, that African-Americans were not the only ones who suffered at, uh, at the hands of bigots. And of course we all know this intellectually, but, you know, watching this, particularly the scene in the shop uh, where, some friends from the freedom school want to go in and get, which is a great place, by the way, that is an awesome school um, where they go in and they want to get some ice cream and uh, the town jerk off comes in and he's like, well, we'll just make them all oh, white. The, the flower too is devastating. Dumps, dumps flower scene. And I'm just, I'm, you know, when Billy Jack walks in and he sees what's happened and he starts going off about how, you know, this, this particular girl is so special to us. We have given her this nickname and now, to you know, every time I think about um, the you know the years that she's going to have this living in her memory, I just you know basically just get so pissed off, and and I'm just I got tears rolling down while I'm watching that because it's just it's it's horrible. I mean, it is really horrifying. Um, what was okay for people because no one in this town has an issue with the fact that these that these people were mistreated so much. It was the retaliation that they have a problem with. And I, that just gets under my skin. I hate that shit. You know, um, I'm all for him and his violent reactions. I love it. You know, and of course, uh, Jean is, is such a pacifist that she's just like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, um, but like after the rape, you know, she's like, it's, killing someone over something like that isn't going to change anything. It's going to, it's not going to take anything away. The horror is still going to be there. And it, it does, it's not going to make any difference like hell, (laughs) like hell, it won't make any difference. It would make me feel better to know that those assholes suffered. And, um, I don't know, maybe that's a bad point of view to have. I don't know, but I just, I don't know. I feel, I feel like if it's okay for someone to make someone else suffer, then it's okay for them to suffer too. That's just the way I look at it. Um, and I know if it was me, I'd be like, go get them. Um, on the other hand, I, when we get to the end of this film, I'm so depressed. I, I mean, it has sort of a, it's a very powerful, strong, positive, like uplifting ending in a lot of ways. Yet I'm really depressed when, um, when we get to the end and I guess I don't want to say why, because that's kind of giving away the whole thing. But, um, it just to me personally, like I'm just not satisfied with how everything turned out. Not, it's not, doesn't make me completely happy, 
But, um, you know, I, I like it a lot. I mean, it has a lot to say. I think it says it very well. I do think it meanders quite a bit. And I do think we spend a whole lot of time with the hippies. Um, and uh, who is the guy who plays uh, Johnny Fever? I can never remember his real name. Howard, Howard Hessman. Hessman. Howard Hessman. Thank you. I do love the scene where they're doing the whole cop, uh, the whole cops pulling over the kids smoking marijuana skit. Uh, that is awesome. And then they drag the council people in there and have them do a skit too. I love that scene. I do. And I, um, but I just feel like we have a lot of those and they kind of go on, but, um, you know, it's entertaining. So I guess it's not bad. It just, um, it's not a bad thing. It just seems to kind of be wandering around aimlessly at times to me. That's just what it feels like to me. But anyway, there you go. Overall, I like it quite a bit. X. I really like this movie and I like it for all the same reasons that I hate it, which is, <laughs> I guess maybe not the best explanation. This movie is so fucking heavy handed with everything that it does. Every line of dialogue, every scene is just like, ah, uh, uh, these are the bad guys. Uh, these are the good guys. <laughs> they like peace. Uh. Listen, the, like the scene where they finally bring the, the sheriff's daughter back from hate Ashbury. And yeah. she's like, listen, concerned father, I'm pregnant and I have hepatitis and I've got fucking hemorrhoids and I've got a slight <laughs> rash behind my ear and I don't know who the father is and I got passed around between so many guys, concerned father. Ah, God damn, it's every Life magazine you've ever seen from the early <laughs> 70s. Just I've that... been balled by so many by so many men. I love that line. I'm basically I've been balled by so many men. Oh, when she started describing the colors of the men, they really, they really said yeah, the man. I don't know if the father's white or Asian or Mexican or black. And that's black. when her dad fucking just clocks her. Bam! Right in the face. Um, Which, so, by the way, yeah. that guy, I've never seen him play a good guy ever. Um, he, he might have what? at some point, but I know him. Uh, mostly he will always stick out to me as Augie from um, Walking Tall. No, he, was that, the good, he was the good guy in the original The Thing. Holy crap! I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, so you have. I have. I have. But in this time period, we'll go with that. When him, when he looks the way he looks in this film, uh, right? When he, he was doing a lot of bad guy stuff uh, in the early seventies. Yeah, looking like a looking like a navy vet, and the wife beater, and <laughs> and he looks like an alcoholic. Really, <laughs> is what he is. Every time I look at him, I just yeah, I get this alcoholic vibe from him. Yeah, just kind of this really repressed violence vibe going on from him. Not um, so much repressed in this film. Oh, that's true. <laughs> The um, you were talking about how everything seems kind of it it, ru it runs on. Um, that's because half of the cast was made up of an improv group called the Committee, and Howard Hespin was part of that group. And Tom uh, Tom Laughlin saw them performing and said, "Yeah, we got to get these guys in the movie." And what's interesting to me about that is, yeah, they did a lot of political humor. And they did a lot of street theater. But to me, that ties in with the whole concept of the Freedom School because back then, people actually believed that that shit could change the world. 
mm-hmm. you know, like if you could do a skit on a corner that was going to be enough to, you know, affect the outcome of the presidential election, you know, I don't want to say it was a more naive time, but I guess in some ways it was a more innocent time, you know, art can save the world. Music can save the world. Even if it's terrible music, like that little Emma Roberts looking girl singing about her dead brother, oh, you know, I mean, yeah, I know that. And it's kind of funny. My brother went to war. He's fucking dead. <laughs> the sergeant called. Your brother's dead. Your brother's dead. Your brother's dead. And you know, Ed, which I got. I got to be honest. It got me. It did. Yeah. It. The song got me. But it was a horrible song. Then he hung up and he called back. Your brother's still dead. Fuck <laughs> war. What was the war? What was the deal with these kids singing the songs and all of a sudden they automatically knew the words to them? We're like, little Shirley wrote this song today, and all of a sudden they all knew the words of the song all at once. <laughs> because she was the Kwisatz Haderach. That's all there is to it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's really heavy handed, but when I'm, when I'm honest with myself, this is everything I want a seventies movie to be. There's hippies, there's protests, there's bullheaded townspeople and a hero who just apparently walked off the damn rainbow bridge, you know, <laughs> <laughs> So Zen, he hates to be violent, yet he insists on that sometimes he just goes berserk and starts beating the living shit out of people. It's just so, everything is so paradoxical in this movie. And I can't, sometimes when I, I've seen this multiple times, I can't decide if I should take it seriously or if this is just like one amazing parody of the time that they were living in when they made it. So, yeah, I, I, I really love this movie for lots of Billy reasons. Jack comes riding into town in a, in a carriage driven by wild stallions. Why are, they're not so wild anymore, <laughs> you know why? Because Billy Jack tamed them, you know. That's right. He tamed <laughs> them by looking at them. And here's the thing, too. You know what? I'll say this about this movie also. This may have, you know, the whitest guy in the world playing a Native American, but they did their research, man, and they got actual Native Americans involved with the production. You know, that's an actual um, friendship dance you see. Oh, right, yeah, and the, you know? uh, uh, the ceremony. Yeah, the whole, the, whole, the whole snake dance. Uh-huh. I, I you know, love Billy all... Jack's rites of passage in this movie for some reason. It all he's he's white as he's whiter than Casper, but uh, it it uh, it it works really well. Like you you want you want to root for him to uh, beat the snake, and then you know get his Indian street street cred going on. I guess along with his his karate moves, right? He's like he's like a kinder, gentler William Devane. <laughs> and. It's like when he talks about stuff like, oh, this is my mojo bag, and if I don't have this, I'm out of flow with the forces of life. Like, no shit. That shit too, you know. <laughs> right? It's like, that's how I feel when I can't find my glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah, for me. They almost did me in, though, with the beginning of this film, I have to say, because I had come fresh off of watching Navajo Joe. Um, I watched them in chronological order, which I was having a really hard time with. 
because the Italians were notorious for not giving a shit about animals during film production. And I'm just, as I was watching Navajo Joe, it was really apparent. Um, Like there are several scenes or there's one scene in particular where they just trip the horses that are, you know, pulling a wagon and just like they sling out a little, a little thing and they just wrap their legs and trip them up and then they're pushing them. And I mean, I just, and they're falling down. I just, I had a real issue with that. And, um, again, something that never bothered me before when I was younger, but now as I'm getting older, I have real issues with animals being harmed. And, um, in the very beginning of Billy Jack, uh, when the asshole deputy is going out to do some illegal Mustang hunting, um, because they pay the dog food companies pay six cents a pound. Um, uh, I just, and then we, we get a portion of that. We just, they just are like pushing horses off of a cliff, you know? And then they, of course they corral them just so that they can then shoot them in the corral. I'm like, Oh wow. Well, not only are you assholes, but you're pussy assholes yeah. too. You can't even shoot them while they're running. You have to corral them first. Yeah. Fish in a barrel. See, um, but I was seriously about to lose my shit. I was like, I can't take it. I can't. I can't take it. I can't take horses being shot. I can't. And I've just. I've had a rough time already. And then of course, um, Billy Jack comes riding in and saves yeah, me. With a more, um, with a more, with a more racist <laughs> soundtrack than Navajo Joe, I think, because every time Billy Jack would come, you hear that, that, that those, that fucking with, with the foot the chimes and shit, you know. <laughs> I do really like the 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 credits. Song. That's great. That tin. So the opening and closing. That tin soldier like song. That. Yeah, <laughs> I think it really does. In the beginning, I just like it, but at the very end of the film, it just it fits so well with the closing of the film that um, uh, it I don't know it, it's I think it works beautifully. Oh man, yeah, Billy Jack was a a first time watch. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I didn't you're mean okay. Sidetracking with the horse thing. No, but... Billy Jack was like a first time watch for me. I've heard of the lore of Billy Jack and, you know, that he was a thing, but I never actually sat and watched a Billy Jack movie. So when I went into it, I was expecting Billy Jack just to, like, go into town and just rough enough oppressors. But you get you get that in this movie. Like you mentioned the um the, the ice cream shop scene, which is, I mentioned, is devastating to me because they just put the flour on the Native American kid's head. Like, let's let's make him white. You know, like, and I love the, the, the fact that when Billy Jack is just going face-to-face with a little girl, basically he's telling her, it's like, you don't be angry. Billy Jack would be angry for you. And then the boots come off, and he's waited. He's surrounded by, like, 20 hillbillies just waiting to beat the fuck out of all of them until, of course, they get, they get the better of him, and you see that great seven, early 70s blood coming out of Billy Jack's mouth, you know? Which looks like it was literally applied with a paintbrush. Yes. Just, bloop. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love it. I love when it's it's that color of the blood. I know it's very unrealistic, but it it makes me happy seeing it in a film. Um, I, I love the, the the set pieces with with the Native American stuff. I think it showed respect enough to the people that Billy Jack was going through this. Not like Johnny Depp saying, "I bought the land back for the people. I should be an American Indian, shouldn't I?" You know, no, no, Johnny Depp. That, that's that's not very true. But you know, you're you're an okay dude, I'm sure. But uh, not as good as Billy Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the idea that the freedom school, it was either Jonestown or the school from fame or a weird hybrid of both to me for some reason. <laughs> it's fame town. It's, 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 it's fame town. <laughs> just seeing kids dancing for no reason. Debbie Allen with her big old stick, just beating the shit out of kids with it. You know, just, you know, 
dance, jump higher, jump higher, you know, no. Oh, man. It, it, yeah, it just really was really strange. Like, I was expecting bad stuff to happen. Like, there's too many hippies all in one place. Some shit's going to go down, you know. Art could break out at any yes. moment. <laughs> Bohemia, Bohemia, no. You kids, you kids have too much free range at this this uh, this this camp you're at, and you know, you need more adult adult people telling you what to do, and it's just kind of like they had to run to the place. And I was expecting for some real Lord of the Flies shit to break out, and this wasn't that kind of movie, of course, but it, it could happen in a place like that. But all in all, it's a positive place for for kids who I'm sure had a million stories of creepy uncles and you know their fathers beat them you know i'm sure they had terrible stories to tell but they were in this place full of positivity i guess just to forget about their 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 past you know which i forgot to mention i'm a jamie jenkins i watched busting loose those kids had some problems in that movie let me tell you right now (laughs) (laughs) those kids had some bad problems in that movie with a jolly uh richard Pryor driving the bus you know um but yeah, the 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 stuff in the you know, and I expect, I expect the action movie, but I'm I'm glad I got what I got with uh the 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 oppressive town people like like excess he loves that they they played that to a T, basically saying these people everything that's wrong with America, and it was very heavy handed with the political stuff in this movie, which was kind of like what you got I guess you know all you were expecting was to see that Indian on the roadside just shedding one tear when somebody threw garbage out their car window and. This land is our land kind of deal. I guess, you know, if you really wanted that kind of thing, you could have Billy Jack too. Billy Jack takes back North Kentucky for the Indian people. Well, there, there were four Billy Jack I never seen, I've never seen any of them until now, so I have to, have to awesome. catch up with Billy Jack. I think there's one where Billy Jack goes on trial or something like that. And Yep, trial of Billy Jack. Yeah, surprisingly, I had never seen this either. I mean, it surprises me. Um, and Brian had seen it, though. And he was just like, I don't mind this movie, you know, and um, and he's playing Fallout while I'm watching it. But he was just like, oh, the he's like, oh, the diner scene with the flower. Yeah. And so like he knows exactly what was going on. Uh, but I was like, huh, I, I had never seen it before. Well, Brian, if you're, but I'm glad Brian, if you're listening, you got some real shit coming your way real soon. That's all I got to say, you know, <laughs> real trash that just trash. That I love, you know, just coming your way before you know it, you know, um, yeah, the actors like the, there was there wasn't many like ones that stuck out except for you know your your asshole sheriff. You know, I, I love that when bad stuff went down and you'd expect Billy Jack to be there and he was there. You know, with the the freaking chains clinging and shit like that and banging and clanging with the dead soundtrack and which is well, you know, they just they contacted the Indian. Yes, guy. indeed. <laughs> they just really want him and then he shows up. That's yes. <laughs> that's how it works. Boy, they must save on cell phone bills. The scene, the, the scene with the Mustangs, though, you, you knew Billy Jack was going to come to save the to save the horses. Like, what are you guys doing here? Really, very bone tomahawk, where you know, <laughs> Kurt Russell shooting everybody in the leg, that kind of deal. I bet Billy Jack just like broke a lot of ankles in this movie. Man, I love oh, that. That's movie. really good. Yes, indeed. <laughs> that's going to be covered eventually, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I just saw that. Well, I'm uh, sorry. No, I. I was just I was going to ask what you thought of the Sheriff Cole character. I like him. I wish that he was a little bit stronger. Like I wish that he had um uh, that he stood up a little bit more that he I, I think he's a decent guy and he um he is on the good side. Well, 
but I just wish he was a little bit more. He's he's uh, one good guy in a, in a group of assholes, though. So I guess it's kind of hard for him to get any kind of handle on the thing, on on the power of you know getting these. I mean that's true. And then you've got Poser or Posner or whatever, you know, running everything. But um, yeah, I like the the, the positive messages in this movie. And a film like this normally wouldn't do it for me, you know, with that kind of stuff. But they 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 wanted so hard to be to be liked and accepted. You you were right there with them for them to be liked and accepted. Like, I mean, you leave those kids alone, you bunch of assholes. They just want to sing songs and shit, do funny skits with you know people on the street. <laughs> Which the, the it's like nonstop vacation Bible school without the Bible. The scene where where they're doing the 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 the, the skit where they're holding up the guy with the gun. I think that guy would have got shot in the head instantly by these cops in this town. And not, what are you doing? Like, hey, a fucking hippie's holding up this guy with a fucked up looking head. Let's shoot him in the brain and move on. The, the, these guys were just out in the street with this gun. Whether it was loaded or not, it really didn't matter. Just just doing this thing. Were they robbing the guy? No, but they were making a funny joke. And I don't think that even, you know, that they thought they had the acceptance of the town council. That they would, uh, they would even put up with this shit. Them Even playing like they were holding up a guy in town. They'd be like, see, this is what we were talking about. Mass hysteria. You know, that kind of shit like that. And Kelly, where we're getting now, you know, all this freaking garbage going on. I don't want to get political on this show, you know, but this is a very political film. And, uh, but it's, it's a good one. And I, 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 I'm curious what the other Billy Jacks are like. <laughs> I have the show. There's a heavy, heavy hand in this thing. And Jamie mentioned the, the, the Tin Soldier song that you get at the beginning and the end. It makes more sense at the end for the conclusion you get where Billy Jack crosses that line in, uh, basically sacrifices himself with his own freedom, I guess, to, to save this gaggle of kids that go to this, that, that, that live at this freedom school. And, uh, yeah, folk hero. Yay, Billy Jack. Can I talk a little bit about that Go song? for it, sir. You know, because I'm a music geek. I know Jamie is, too. Um, that song was was performed by a band uh, called Coven. Coven was a... Um, band that actually got together back in 69 that was their biggest hit it went to number three on the u.s charts and that's probably because their first album was called witchcraft destroys minds and reaps souls <laughs> nice nice and it was a flat out um worship the devil album it had a full-on satanic black mass on side two um, and it had songs like, uh, let's see, The Covenant Sharing Cross. I think one was called Choke and Die. Um, just, it was very, really just in your face. Uh, we are Satanists. And hi, how are you? Um, but yeah, that was their biggest hit. And the band broke up soon after that. But you can still uh, follow their vocalist on Facebook. Her name is Jinx Dawson. J-I-N-X. That's an awesome name, by the way. But yeah, I mean, that that album's just a, it's just a lot of fun. It's crazy. <laughs> so was this song uh, one that was appropriated for the film or was this, I mean, you know, like the film said, hey, we like the song, we're going to use it. Or was this written for the film and then they put it on their album? This was written for the film okay. and I'm not sure they ever put it on an album. Okay, okay. Um, I think it was just a 45 because a lot of the original guys had left the band by then. Okay. And their stuff was getting written by their producers. So, But, um, yeah, very interesting indeed. <laughs> that very, very positive go. song about a folk hero that they did a devil-worshipping album with a black mask yep. on side B. 
Here's a bean. Here's a bean side for you folks. It's moaning and wailing. <laughs> here's it's a 15 minute long satanic mass. <laughs> it's not in the God of Davida. It's moaning and wailing. Yes. <laughs> but uh, X. Any final thoughts in uh, your ratings on Billy Jack, sir? Um. No, I just I when I look at Billy Jack, I think this is probably the most perfect exploitation film of the 70s. And that probably requires some backing up. But when you look at the political climate of the time, and again, you look at how just fucking ham-handed this entire script is, it's enough to get young audience members angry about what's going on, but it's also smart enough to get you know older uh, members of the audience back for that whole generation gap thing to possibly think about their positions and consider changing it. So in that way, it's, it, it does what an exploitation film should do when it, it involves the audience and then it shows them violence and you get to see tits and then there's a good ending. So there you go. Yeah. That, that one dude was pretty rapey. I, I forgot oh, about shit. that scene where, where Billy Jack busts in. What was the guy's name in the movie? I, was Burner. That he bust he Burner. Burner. Burner after he was messing with that girl, <laughs> and he asked the girl, "How old a... are you?" She said she was twelve or thirteen. I forget what it was. No, thirteen. <laughs> she was thirteen, and then he's like, "Get out!" And then the camera still shows you this girl full frontal and full back hole nudity, even though she's that 13. is better than bitches leave to be from RoboCop right there. That scene, I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's hard for me to say, but. Just, just Billy Jack busting in on this guy with an underage girl. Get out. And then the whole, the whole idea that he was just so bashful. I thought about, oh, I, I never actually made it with a girl. I get too nervous or whatever he was talking about. And he's got no qualms about banging an underage girl, though. <laughs> they don't know any better. <laughs> God. But, Jamie, what are your, uh, your, oh, you get your rating? I'm sorry, X. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eight. Eight. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Jamie. Uh, let's see. I really like this. Um, I, I do feel, I agree with X that it just, it is slap you in the face, uh, political, but I, I kind of love it for that. Um, I do, like I said, I do felt like, I do feel like it meandered a little bit here and there. Um, and I, when you, since X explained the whole, the committee, uh, that's exactly what it felt like to me. Um, because I've seen this happen in other films where they have, come across either a band or uh, some performing troupe that they just somehow wanted to fit into the film. And it's so clear that that's what they're doing. It just feels like that. That's exactly what I pictured here. And uh, so that makes total sense. Um, So I guess I can forgive him for that. It was, you know, it was kind of enjoyable. I do. I I was kind of hoping for more of like a walking tall vibe. Um, I know the second time I brought that movie up, I just really liked that movie. Um, but I really wanted him to just go in and clean out and just kick ass. That's what, because these people deserve it. I hate these people, these townspeople. Um, but I do really enjoy the juxtaposition between the townspeople and the hippie kids. And I think yeah, the council meeting is the best example of that when you've got the, the council sitting a, you know, a, on the dais just judging all the hippie kids, and then you've got the hippie kids like pleading their cases. Uh, I, I think that those two sets of people within the same scene was kind of perfection. And then a little bit later, we have you know some varying members of the council kind of uh, 
coming around, which I thought was nice. Um, anyway, so overall, heavy-handed, hell yes. But um, definitely good, and I'm glad that I saw it. I can't believe I have never seen it before now. So I'm going to agree with X's 8. Um, everything you guys said is, uh, it's, it's all true. It all reigns true in this film. Um, I, I, I love the, the, the settings in this film. The set pieces are great. You could tell that they really were filming where they were at. And, you know, that, 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 that always helps. It's not just like a, a set that somebody made in like Vancouver or something. It just looks pretty realistic at the time. And that made the movie better and, you know, all that good stuff. And Tom Laughlin's Billy Jack was, a uh, pr- pretty great. In, in his role, and uh, yeah, for all those reasons, uh, I give it a, a solid eight as well. I, I watch it again, and uh, oh, not real soon. I love, I love to watch, explore the sequels to see how those go. But um, with that, we'll move on to our final feature, being uh, yeah, and he's kind of hot too. Yeah, I'm 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 not, I'm not attracted to that kind of thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not ashamed to tell the guy he's handsome, but you know that that's that's comfortable enough for me. Not to say you know that Billy Jack he's got it, he's he's pretty hot, you know. That 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 band on his hat really pulls you outfit together. You know it doesn't hurt. <laughs> but uh, with all that uh, sex, <laughs> sexual awkwardness, we'll move on to our last feature, being Renegades from 1989. Right after this.
somebody sometime my dad used to tell me that when i did i picked the wrong person we seem to get along fine chief okay jump what are you crazy i'm not a chief so don't call me chief my name is hank storm let me see the money chief sorry about that hank Mr. McHenry. First sign of trouble, I'll break your neck, Buster. Come on! Since when has McHenry been working undercover? He's doing something on his own. Don't need any help. No backup. Now slowly, so I can enjoy it. Tell me you don't know what he's working on. Trust me. You're the cop they're looking for in the Pampers, aren't you? Freak right there, you're under arrest. Look over my shoulder and tell me if you see an Indian following me. Yeah, a whole tribe. Holy Renegades. Well, I'm having a good time. How about you? Oh. Renegades from 1989, uh, starring um, Filipino actor Lou Diamond Phillips <laughs> as Lakota Indian. What's his name of this movie? Henry Storm or Hank Storm? Hank Storm. <laughs> Max Power. He is all the X Men. <laughs> it, it Lou Diamond. I mean, it, it Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> so nice, you named him twice. And Keeper Sutherland as a as a really stupid American name, which I forget. What's his name? Is Buddy. 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 <laughs> um. He. Yeah. Uh, Lou Buster. Diamond. His name is. As a Buster. Buster. Yes. Yeah. Buster. Buddy. What's the fuck ever. Lou Stash. Lou Diamond. That's kind of worse than Buddy. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Lou Devin Phillips plays a Lakota Indian who is estranged from his tribe, but for some reason comes back to put this sacred spear from their tribe on display for white folks to look at it. Uh, needless to say, in, in, in other parts of town, uh, Keeper Sutherland is trying to weed out a dirty cop by hanging with these, these thieves. And these thieves uh, steal the spear, kill Lou Diamond Phillips' brother, and... Uh, Basically, the whole film is Lou Diamond Phillips and Keeper Sutherland arguing back and forth and losing each other because who want, they really don't want to be with each other, while while finding this spear to bring back to the tribe's people. X, what'd you think of Renegade, sir? What the fuck is going on in this movie? <laughs> I don't know, man. Thank you. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it seems like they like switched two or three of the reels and just said, ah, leave it. That's fine. Nobody will know. This movie's a it's 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 a mess. First of all, the first thing you see is you see that that spear, that lance that the um that ends up getting stolen and there's a legend about this lance that if you throw it, it can go through three buffalo before falling to the ground. 
Well, at the end of the movie, they throw it at a guy, and it barely it goes halfway through him. Yes. Yeah, and one guy. One skinny one Italian guy. mobster. Yeah. And then the white man throws it, too, which kind of pissed me off. Right. Why, why Why? wouldn't Lou Diamond Phillips throw that spear at the end of this movie? Yeah, that makes no sense. Why did he even steal the lands to begin with? Did that make any sense? It's like we've gone through literally half an hour of a diamond heist. And then all of a sudden, um, we're going to take this spear. This will be awesome. No reason at all. None that I can figure out. So there's some serious problems with the storytelling. Well, the, the, the way he was looking at it, he was like, this will look good in my rumpus room. I'll take this spear right here. You know, so, <laughs> that's, that's a terrible reason. Um, <laughs> Also, I don't know who told Kiefer Sutherland he could pull off the world's tiniest porn stash. It's well, just... I think uh, he, all he was missing was the perm, and then he would look just like his dad from, oh from the late 70s. God, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he was like one step away from don't look now. Um, oh, by the way, here's a side note. Donald Sutherland has the ugliest man ass of the 1980s. Next. <laughs> I.E. Animal House. Oh my God! <laughs> wow. Also, and here's and here's the thing that I really did not like about this movie. Well, there's not much that I did like about this movie, but it kind of makes me angry that we went with that whole magical mystery Indian trope, and we put it in the city, and we gave it to Lou Diamond Phillips, who was way too young at that time to handle that sort of gravitas. Oh, there was that scene where he's in like Macy's or Marshall Fields or something, and he's doing that. Walking around because his father, the medicine man, is doing some mojo or something. <sighs> it reminded me of that scene where Reagan's doing her dance at recital in Exorcist 2. <laughs> she starts freaking out. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Or the also, ballerina performance in Howling 3 where she starts <laughs> werewolfing. <laughs> Jeez, that's yeah. just... That's a great comparison. <laughs> That's I really love the good. woman in that store, too. She's like, there's a Native American call security. <laughs> also, you have to realize that at this point, he had already healed a gunshot to the kidney with essentially some sage smoke and a bowl of corn pops. So <laughs> what the fuck, movie? Oh, by the way, did anyone else find it comical that everyone kept calling him the Indian or like, uh, the Indian, the Indian? And I'm like, he... Okay, what exactly about this man screams Native American to you? Um, is it the long hair or the denim hair? jacket? <laughs> he's, <laughs> because... going, he's going straight to Hollywood, man. It's going to get him paid and laid. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> or the fact that his name is Hank Storm. <laughs> you know, Lou Phillips is playing a, a Native American on TV right now in Longmire, and he's quite good. He's really good in that series. Um his name is also Hank in that series, too, which makes me laugh. So. Obviously. Yeah, it kind of makes me think that he's playing the same character just you know, back in Montana or Wyoming, wherever the hell they are. Where the hell are they? They're in Wyoming. Okay, sorry. I had to ask the why. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, this movie is a big, giant mess. It's, it's directed badly. It makes no sense. And I think the worst thing about it all is when the whole thing is over, you get probably the worst Brian Adams song ever recorded. Oh yeah, it's there and it's Brian Adams. Oh, 
I've heard yeah. that song before. I know the song you're talking about, and I think I heard it in a Problem Child film. I just can't figure out which one it was. Oh, see? Now, that's even worse than I had imagined. That's all. That's that's against the Geneva Convention. Problem Child 2, I think it was. Oh. Jeez. <laughs> Let's see if I can... I've, I've got something pulled up here. Yeah, I've watched that lots of times. This only a couple times. <laughs> But I did like I did like the one thing one thing that I did like about it that I can say that's positive is not only do you have kind of that young guns uh, thing with Kiefer and Lou Diamond Phillips, but you also have the uh, Lost Boys reunion, or I guess yeah, the Lost Boys reunion with um, Jamie Gertz and Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. So that's that's kind of nice to see. Yeah, the song is called "Only the Strong Survive" mm-hmm. by Brian Adams, and it makes me want to drink. The drain cleaner. <laughs> and Jamie Gertz is is for for the time she's still pretty popular, but she was a nothing character in this movie. She she was. Where was the sage smoke and corn pops for her? Huh? Like, where, where am I at? I'm a, I'm here. I don't think she needed him. Did anybody catch how she was jumping after she was supposed to be dead? Like every time he fired his gun, her little arm was like boop boop <laughs> boop boop. I was laughing my ass off. I rewound it. I'm like, Brian, you got to watch this. Seriously, watch this scene. First of all, you get the slow motion oh, yeah. death scene, which is fantastic. Then she hits the ground and she's laying there. And every time he fires his gun, her her arm just like, whoa, oh, oh. I'm like, did they not tell you this was going to happen? Were you surprised by these noises? What's I, happening? I think she had the, the, the Tomax and Zamot feeling with everybody else that was in the scene. Every time they got shot, she felt something, maybe. <laughs> It's just her nervous system shutting down from all the dumb. <laughs> all the dumb just made yeah, it stop. Yeah, after she died, I'm like, what exactly was the point of her character? I seriously do not know. I did like when it she was, was all. I did like she was. She was all painted up like trash, though, like a whore. That was kind of nice looking, you know. Uh, <laughs> okay, somebody else talk about this movie because it's <laughs> JB. <laughs> it's making the well, bile rise in the back of my throat. This isn't going to take on. This movie's awful. Um, it, it just, I don't think it knew what it wanted to be. Um, I, I think it kind of started out trying to do something with, uh, like Native American folklore and then somehow fell into a diamond heist and never really climbed its way back out. You know, we get this, uh, this really cool story in the very beginning about this spear. And then at the very end, it, 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 it makes no sense. Um, Got this whole Jamie Gertz thing going on, which doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I fast forwarded through some of that inexplicably long Kiefer Sutherland convalescing scene because, my God, he was forever laid up <laughs> after that injury. Um, I'm like, seriously, is he going to get out of the bed? Why is this taking so long? Because <laughs> um, they had to keep changing his corn pops out. For yeah. <laughs> I really just, I never watched this. I remember when this came out and I never watched it. And I don't know why at the time it just didn't appeal to me. It looks like good call. Um, <laughs> I think I saved my, think I saved myself some trouble back then only to then you know, suffer through it now. But what are you going to do? Um, I guess now I know. Uh, but, uh, and poor Lou Diamond Phillips. Has he ever played a Filipino? No, he hasn't, I, mean, he's, I don't think. He's played a Mexican He's played a Native American. He's played Mexican I, slash Native American twice. I don't twice. think he's ever played a Philip. Two different characters, Richie Valens <laughs> and uh, Chavez Chavez. You know, yeah. So 
anyway, I just, as much as I love Kiefer Sutherland, and I do, I, I really love Kiefer Sutherland, I just could not, uh, yeah, couldn't really give a shit. <laughs> just couldn't. It just didn't, I, I feel like it was all over the place. Um, yeah, this film for me, I was watching, like, and thinking, why, oh, why didn't we do the first power, you know, but the, the, this movie, <laughs> the reason, the reason why I picked it, it was because there's a lot of those classic, you know, culture clash cop movie things going on, but he, uh, Luke, uh, Hank Storm, Lakota King, is not uh, a cop at all, but has kind of like those tropes, like, why should I trust you? You're just a fucking filthy Lakota Indian, that kind of thing. That's why he constantly was trying to get away from him. Not the fact that he kept saying, oh, this guy's just going to get in my way. What the fuck would he get in your way for? You fucking lone wolf of the fucking police department? <laughs> I mean, he obviously had corruption in the police department. Like, like you know, the guy, the actor whose name I can't recall, but he played Corky's dad on Life Goes On. Bill Smitrovich. Yeah. That's the only thing I know him from is Life Goes On. And he was our dirty cop in this movie, and he was trying to weed him out. And this was a thing about this guy getting in his way, this guy getting in his way. This guy was here for one purpose, to, to find this fucking spear that te- technically it's your own fault, buddy, for bringing it for the white folks to see. If you'd have left it where it was, you know, you, only thing that make you more strange than you already are. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been, been a movie. There wouldn't have been a movie for one thing, obviously, because it wouldn't define this spear. But uh, the scenes, especially the, your, end, your, your climactic scene or your, your anticlimactic scene that be able to shoot out at the end. <laughs> was kind of worthless because it's not like you're taking on the big mob. It's not, it's, it's not like this one wanted to be next of kin, but it failed res- very miserably. And, you know, good call. It, it, it failed really bad. <laughs> uh, when next of kin pulls off and this film does not pull off is a lot, a lot of things. And a lot of those tropes too <laughs> is a lot of things. It's a lot, a lot of things. things. <laughs> next of kin yeah. is a film that I like. This is a film like that being cohesive. Yeah. Well, and next of kin essentially was trying to pull off, you know, a, a, a another version of Witness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and this isn't close to either of those movies. Yeah, but is Michael J. Pollard in Witness? Then your no. argument is invalid. No, I'm just, I'm just, right, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got Lucas Haas. Damn it, yeah, you got Lucas Haas. Yes, who was in Solar Babies with Jamie Gertz? See, Seven Degrees of Jamie Gertz. Oh, See? beef is a flat circle. <laughs> Oh my God! Those those roller You're going. Sk- why didn't we do the first power? And I'm going. Why didn't we do Armando Santi in Prophecy? <laughs> that Jesus. I can get behind. <laughs> next uh, next next episode: Animal Possession, featuring the Manitou with Tony Roberts. I will not undo this chain. <laughs> I love I love the Manitou. This this movie's this movie's trash though. And the oh, other I was doing the- Prophecy. The Manitou was on her neck. <laughs> what is it? It's a tumor that turns into an Indian it's god. A tumor? On yeah, Manitou had the demonic, the um, <laughs> demonic midget Danzig at the end. Yeah, played played by Felix Silla. It was Tweaky in Buck Rogers of the Twenty Fifth Century. Nice. Um, but yeah, there's really not a whole lot of redeeming qualities for this film. It's it's pretty much your dime a dozen, which you would put probably direct to video now, but like a really bad direct to video movie that you just kind of like put in the waste bin or something like that, I guess. Um, this, the stuff where I, I love the scene where the mobsters break into his house or break into the aunt's house. And 
the one lone Indian is in there who is his father. He just chucks that giant knife into the one dude like, yep, I got one and now I'm fucking dead, you know, and because they have guns and I have a, a fucking knife and that's all I have, you know. Guns, guns are for white males exclusively. You know this. <laughs> not not they're good enough for Navajo Joe. That's all I'm saying, man. Uh, the thing that one thing and I'll be quiet after this, but the ahead. one thing that really makes me sad about this movie is it could have been good because I really like the director. Jack Shoulder did Alone in the Dark from eighty two, you know, the one with Donald Pleasant. <clears throat> yeah, I did Nightmare on Elm Street too. The Hidden. Uh, he did the Hidden and some of the better lost episodes, if I can admit that maybe there are some. because um, honestly, <laughs> fuck that show. But he did do some really good episodes for Lost. So the fact that this is just such a large um, steaming pile of awful is just kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. And I apologize, much like when Rob St. Mary's on here, we had to do Nightlife, and I apologize for Nightlife. I apologize for Renegades because it's, it's not a very good movie, and upon a revisit, it's never going to get watched again. So <laughs> it is not a recommend from this group. <laughs> no. Uh, if you want to watch it, you can say, hey, I saw Renegades, another film with, with Lou Diamond Phillips where he played an Indian. Much like, and I survived. Much like Dakota, you know, that's a movie too with him uh, playing an Indian. Um, but yeah, with that, I guess we'll give uh, go into ratings now for this uh, shorter review. Uh, X, what is your ratings for Renegades? I'm going to give it a solid two. Yeah, fair enough. Jamie Jenkins. I'm going to say three because that Jamie Gertz scene is really, is really awesome. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, it's bad. Don't, don't, don't do this. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do this. Beware of film. Yes, indeed. Um, as a side note, I, I worked hard to track this film down for you assholes not to enjoy it. No, I'm just kidding. But it, it was, it was a little harder to get than the other one. But uh, <laughs> Renny Gaines is, um, is not a good movie. Not not at all, not by any measure. It's not in the echelon of other movies like it. Um gets a three for me too. It's it's not very good. And uh with that, we will be right be, be right back to uh close out the program. If you like westerns, comedies, foreign films, horror movies, action adventure, and classic cinema, well, we don't have much of that, but if you like ass, titties, farting, burping, puffy nipples, poop, taboo porn, muffin tops, comic books, wrestling, mustaches, pies smashed on butts, cheese, taking baths, butt sex, gagging, milk, and the American flag, check out the Silva and Gold Podcast. We're the morons your mom warned you about while she was sitting on your face. Silva and Gold. We talk about movies and shit. Find us on iTunes or silvaandgold.com. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host, Duncan McLeish, and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror where our horror novice The Baz tackles horror in all shapes and forms. 
to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under The Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under The Stairs, signing off. You know those old-time radio shows with the married couples who bicker about the kids and the car and the neighbors? Our podcast is a lot like that. Yeah. Well, if you replace the kids, the car, and the neighbors with devil movies, theology, and vodka. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. And we are the hosts of Kiss the Goat, a different kind of movie podcast. Every episode, we review a devil movie. You know, possessions, exorcisms, the Antichrist, and we stomp a mud hole in it, even if we like it. We are huge fans of comparative religion, and we love to compare real belief systems with what Hollywood seems to think belief systems are. But don't think we're not civic-minded, because each episode includes our Satan in the News segment, where our fearless correspondent, Sin Fallon, documents the eternal struggle between good and evil. And, as high-functioning alcoholics, we give every movie its own drinking game, so that you can enjoy the movie just like we did. Ripped to the tits. <laughs> and there is ever so much more to the show than that. And let me tell you, it ain't for kids. Hell, it ain't for most adults. But it might be for you. You won't know until you listen to Kiss the Goat exclusively on the Legion Network of Podcasts. That's Kiss the Goat. We're the lighter side. Of the dark side. <laughs> My films! Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme! Ah, cinema. Porkies? Meatballs, too? Enjoy your crap fest. (laughs) Oh, go read the bell jar, you poser! Klaus, prepare to feast your eyes on the majestic grandeur of the silver screen. Every curtain, someone is waiting. Someone is watching. Someone is hiding. What waits behind the curtains is exciting, frightening, sensual. Terrifying and bizarre. Curtains reveal what you expect and what you don't. ultimate nightmare. What are company retreats all about? This is not a holiday. This is a business. I can't spell success 
without you. Building relationships. English birds ain't complicated. You buy them a Bacardi breezer and then why'd you like sea biscuit? What did you do Working out issues. When your head's chopped off, your brain can think for like two to three minutes. Should I make some tea? Unexpected perks. I've been waiting for you, Richard. Really? Okay, everybody, prepare to smile. Survival. Song in the woods. We need to get out of here. Severance. The company's making cutbacks. Every year in the small town of Mount Rose, Minnesota. A special competition takes place. I know what some of your big city no bra wearing hairy legged women libbers might say. They might say that a pageant is old fashioned and demeaning to the girls. No, I think you boys are going to find something a little bit different here in Montrose. Ouch! <laughs> but for two ambitious girls. I believe this pageant teaches you what's really important in life. I dream of getting out of Montrose. I mean, guys get out of Montrose all the time for hockey scholarships. A prison. And two jealous mothers. My daughter is the most talented contestant that Mount Rose has ever had. It's not just about beauty. Go Musky! Woo! I'd lay down 10 to 1 that it all comes down to Amber Atkins and Becky Lehman. It's about poise. If you could be any tree in the woods, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> Green. <laughs> about tradition you get your ass up there and show me some tea it's about winning and whatever it takes are we all cops here Owen? are we all cops up, Hank. this here's business <laughs> it's on cops <laughs> oh my god my cat costume's gone bring it on from new line cinema what kind of a moron paying stiff matters right before a pageant <laughs> kirstie alley ellen barkin Kirsten Dunst, Denise Richards. Look at that winner. I think she's got a boob job. Oh, come on. She's too young for a oh, boob job. They do that at birth now. What are you talking about? Our pageant is not a peep show. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Suck it in! Or so help me, I shoved my foot so far! Come on, shake your body, baby. Do that Hello, uh, that's the end of the show. We've, uh, drinking our fire water and hit the peace pipe so we're a little more calm after watching renegades and talking about it uh see me me hate renegades high as a kite see what happens here people you know hi how (laughs) renegades renegades big stink no watch (laughs) them who put up wampum to make that movie oh i'm done being racist JV, uh, have you got anything going on recently, girl? 
uh, well, New Devourer came out just a couple days ago. A uh, new Evil episode should be coming out probably tomorrow. Um, uh, oh, and then there's the all-new show, Dark Regions Radio, that Brian and I are doing together for Dark Regions Press that uh, is available on Horophilia. And it's um, it's uh, basically in this show we... Uh, we'll, we interview authors, and then I do a reading of one of their stories. And the very first episode is Joe R. Lansdale, which was a really fun interview. And I do a reading of his story, The Junkyard. Nice. So uh, everyone should go to Dark Regions and uh, darkregions.com and check that out. Um, we lost X for a second, I guess. There he is. X, tell the folks what you got going on, sir. Oh, and I've had so much start just in the last week. Um, I've not been on a podcast for a while, so this is going to take a second. Hi, everybody. I'm X. I am pleased to announce that Kiss the Goat Series 2 has officially begun production. We should have a new episode out before Christmas. I have also started a new wrestling podcast with my co-host Paul Casey. He is in Ireland. I am not. So this show is called the Intercontinental Title. <clears throat> and you can find that on archive.org or you can get to it through PopShifter. Um, PopShifter.com where I've also started a new daily column called Today in Pop Culture, which this week has pretty much been all about uh, dead people. So it's been really depressing and I need a drink. Um, also, I've pretty much become the permanent guest host on Guilty as Charged, the Night Stalker retrospective podcast with uh, Nudie and Gil Rakotansky. And you can find that uh, somewhere on the internet, I guess. Um, you can always buy my fiction on Amazon. I have a new novel coming out the first quarter of next year um, called Hunting Witches. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeffrey X Martin. And you can find me on Facebook because I'm there too. There. God damn. Here. God damn it, man. It's a lot of stuff, man. I know, right? And that's uh, all happened like in the last two weeks. That's all good stuff, though. And uh, by yeah. the way, RIP Robert Loja. He uh, he passed away today. Yeah. He was, he was a great actor in a lot of great films. And, uh, Oh, I hadn't heard that. How sad. Oh. Yeah. But live with the yeah. memories, folks. I, I got the pleasure of meeting the man, you know, my many tra convention travels, and very well-spoken, very generous man, and uh, he was a general nice guy. He, he meet some douche people on the road, and uh, he was a, he's a really neat guy to meet, and always fun to watch on screen, you know, playing a Hispanic drug lord in Scarface for some reason. I don't know what that was about, but he played it well, you know, making a womb polluted. Her womb was polluted. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't even put a little fucking baby in a. I'm 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 done with the Pacino though. That, 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 that was it. I'm sorry, guys. Is that I what think, that was? No, that, that that was bad. That, that was uh, like I had shit in my mouth or something, you know. <laughs> I think he was related to Lou Diamond Phillips in that movie. Um, maybe Cheap Diamond Phillips. I couldn't tell you for sure. <laughs> St Stephen Bauer doing his best, Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> um. Yeah, find me on Twitter at GW. Uh, find me on the Cinebee Facebook group. Come check that out. I should be posting pictures of things you could possibly, you know, win. I've been waiting to give this stuff away for folks to basically give us iTunes reviews. And you could have these stuff I've picked up in my convention travels. And uh, one of which is going to have uh, one of the stars that, that signed two, two prints for me is going to help me give those away. So maybe that'll entice you it's a, it's a female humanoid and she's she's not bad looking on the eyes folks and she might entice you to come go to itunes and 
put your little rating in there, and you could possibly win that because uh, she said so. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, see how that all pans out. Um, yeah, come listen to to us on the two drink minimum commentaries. Uh, that's a audio only show now for legal reasons. Wink, wink, wink. And uh, I I understand why we had to do it that way, but uh, we try to make it the movies you could find. We just recently wrapped up. The canon ninja series, if you like that kind of thing. Enter the Ninja, Return of the Ninja, Revenge of the Ninja, and Ninja 3, The Domination. And uh, those are fun movies to watch. Not so much the last one, but the first two are pretty fucking solid. But uh, yeah, join us and uh, Nudie and Gil and Willis just hanging out with whoever else wants, wants to hang out. And we have fun watching films and talk shit about them. So that's a, that's a thing. Uh, other shows hopefully come back soon. I gotta get in contact with those guys. But the big thing is for this show, it's really important to me to put out weekly content for you guys, whether it's just a review of something I saw or a review of something we all saw that we just want to like do an impromptu show about. It's a not every show is gonna be a three show, sh- three film show, but it's uh it's gonna it's gonna be uh good for me to put my get my hands dirty and go to work basically and uh. It's healthy for me, I guess, too, you would call it, just to get motivated, I guess, you know. And uh, I hope you guys really enjoy that. And um, that's about all that's really going on with me. But um, I'll leave that at that. And uh, here at the Cinebeef Podcast, uh, if you got beef, we've got the grinder. See you guys.
Whoa, I just looked up Alabama Hot Pocket. Shouldn't resist, could you? And hell no. All right, Ouch. damn it. Hold on. I will resist trying it. Because <laughs> gross. Hey, baby, do you know what an Alabama oh. Hot Pocket is? You say what? No, okay, that's good. We <laughs> we'll keep it that way. <laughs> How? Uh, what? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the physics of this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, me too. There's. How you? How do you aim? I mean, if you can't. Yeah. If exactly. You can't see the target, like I don't because I don't see how you could. Um, Just carpet bomb it and hope you hit. I mean. <laughs> This, this should go on YouTube, and I'm not going to lie to you. Just your reaction to finding out what an elephant in a hot pocket is. <laughs> Urban Dictionary is a minefield <laughs> of terrible things. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Especially the way it's described, because when it says, you know, taking a shat inside, instead of saying taking a shit, right. that implies that William Shatner is somehow involved, and I... <laughs> I'll be right back, guys, okay? I don't I don't want that either. Neither one okay. of those things do I want in my vagina. No. <laughs> no, not at all. And I just don't see how that doesn't lead to some kind of infection. Oh god. Um yeah. <laughs> they will just, just shove a snickers in there first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who comes no no one does these things. And why I don't Alabama? Know. I'm just curious. I'm sorry, I missed what you said. I said, why Alabama? Um, I, I don't know. Why Cleveland? No, that's a good. That's a good question. <clears throat> Angry Dragon. Did you look? Did Did you look up Angry Dragon, or did you know that one already? No. You need to look up Angry Dragon. I'm just going to spend the entire show. <laughs> yeah, right. Looking up on filthy sex acts that I don't. Know. And see, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> I think they just make. I, I thought I had done everything, and then I realized there's another level. Oh, for looking up Angry Dragon. Okay. <laughs> Angry Dragon, huh? A female yeah. is performing fellatio, and the male is about to ejaculate. The male grabs the female's head and makes a downward motion towards the pelvis just as he is finishing and about to ejaculate. Force of the downward motion causes the ejaculate to come out of her nasal pad. Oh, God. <laughs> Whoa. Way worse than milk. <laughs> oh, we did this all night, you know. 